0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, April 9th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Google Stadia is free right now, or at least it will be very soon. Resident Evil 8 rumors point to the game being subtitled Village, and a whole bunch of other details have emerged about the game. And a digital version of E3 won't be happening in 2020, at least not one guided by the ESA. Google Stadia goes free for everyone early. Stadia, Google's game streaming service, is now free. The official Stadia Twitter account tweeted yesterday to help people connect with friends online and have some fun during these challenging times. We're opening up Stadia for everyone with a link to a blog post explaining some of Google's reasoning for making the service free and some other details about how to sign up for free and what you get as part of it. In the blog post detailing Stadia's new free tier, which is credited to Vice President and General Manager Phil Harrison. Quick aside here, Phil Harrison used to be a Sony Computer Entertainment Executive, and then he was a Microsoft Executive for a little while, and now he's a Google Executive. And on the blog post, Harrison wrote, We're facing some of the most challenging times in recent memory. Keeping social distance is vital but staying home for long periods can be difficult and feel isolating. Video games can be a valuable way to socialize with friends and family when you're stuck at home, so we're giving gamers in 14 countries free access to Stadia Pro for two months. This is starting today and rolling out over the next 48 hours. So, it's important to note here, before I continue reading the quote, that this free version of Stadia is, as it says in the blog post, rolling out. So even Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it might not be available for you in your region. I am based in Minnesota and have been trying to sign up for my free account since last night, but as of Thursday morning, it is still not available for me. Okay, more reading from the blog post. Quote, anyone who signs up will get two free months of Stadia Pro with instant access to nine games, including Grid, Destiny 2 The Collection, and Thumper. You can purchase even more games on the store, which will remain yours to play even if you cancel your Stadia Pro subscription. If you're already a paid Stadia Pro subscriber, we won't charge you for the next two months. After that, Stadia Pro is $9.99 a month, but you can opt out of your subscription at any time. Before yesterday, you could sign up for Google Stadia for $129.99, which got you a Stadia controller, a Chromecast Ultra, three months of Stadia Pro, and a copy of Destiny 2. And then after that subscription, it would be $9.99 a month to maintain the Pro level. The plan from Google has always been to offer a free version of Stadia, which would let users buy games and stream them with fewer bells and whistles, like lower resolutions and things like that. And it was always slated to be available early 2020, but it seems like this is slightly different than that plan, I think. Giving players free Pro for a few months here seems to be the big change in plans. Some online have pointed to this as Google Stadia grasping for relevance, but I don't know that I really buy that. There is no denying that Stadia has not become this big runaway hit. It launched to little fanfare and got a lot of shoulder shrug reviews, and I really haven't heard many folks talk about it, nor have I heard anyone refer to it as their new platform for gaming, but a qualifier there. I am also surrounded in terms of online communities and people I follow on Twitter and you know people I talk to directly, by the kind of people who already have plenty of platforms for playing games within arm's reach at basically any time. They already have an undeniably better way to play Destiny 2 plugged into their TV, so why would they play Stadia? But Stadia was always going to become free at some point. You could definitely make an argument that it should have been free since day one, but this feels like a small adjustment to a larger plan in the face of COVID-19 issues. I'm really, I'm still rooting for Google Stadia in a big way. I have a gaming PC, but I vastly prefer my consoles and Switch just because of the mobility and the comfortability of being able to sit on a couch and play. I don't like playing video games at my desk. That's the place where I do work, and I think Stadia might present an option to me where I can easily play PC games on my couch as I mentioned in bed or even on my phone and I love that idea. I am refreshing the Stadia page a lot to try and get signed up because I just want to see if it works the way I hope that it will. Resident Evil 8 is rumored to be subtitled Village among other details. Multiple websites yesterday reported on various rumors surrounding the next numbered entry in the Resident Evil series, and a lot of them lined up, which adds some potential veracity to what's next for the series. The Twitter account, at Nibellion also tweeted out links to these sites, and that account is usually a good one to look toward for video game rumors. It's always worth qualifying details like this as rumors— as that is what they definitely are, unconfirmed rumors, but all of these details apparently stem from a demo that Capcom was using to playtest the game and get feedback. Resident Evil 8 will apparently be subtitled Village, with the V-I-L-L part of that word stylized to be a Roman numeral 8, and it will pick up after the events of Resident Evil 7, which... You know, you would think that would be a safe assumption, considering the numbering, but man, you never know with Resident Evil. They jump all over the place. The demo in question here apparently takes place in a snowy European village, and the playtesters, who share details about their experience, say that Chris Redfield and Maya Winters both appear, and players, playing from first-person perspective again, once again control Ethan Winters. Rourke Keegan, reporting on the rumors for Rely on Horror, wrote, Ethan is, once again, the lead protagonist, but hardened to a degree. Some testers have described him as being quick-witted and short-tempered, an Ash Williams type, which fits in with RE7's multiple homages to the Evil Dead series. Ethan, as well as the rest of the cast, also seems to have been reprised by their RE7 voice performers. Playtesters also describe wolf-like enemies and witches, hallucinations, and something that is very, very exciting for me, a Resident Evil 4-style management system. There have been three numbered Resident Evil games since the release of Resident Evil 4, two Resident Evil Revelation games, and now remakes of Resident Evil 2 and 3, and not a single one of them used Resident Evil 4's fantastic inventory system. I don't understand why none of those games just didn't, wholesale rip-off that system. It's the absolute best. The editor-in-chief of BiohazardCast.com, who goes by just Derek, reported on the inventory system, citing an email they had received from a playtester writing, It seems that Capcom is playing with the concept of inventory management again. The email suggests that they are testing both a Resident Evil 7-style UI alongside a Resident Evil 4-style. If this is all to be believed, which I think is generally pretty safe, then I hope they go with the Resident Evil 4 style. It's weird. I don't usually like inventory management and rooting through menus and whatnot, but I love Resident Evil 4. Maybe it's the Tetris angle, but there is just something really satisfying about pausing to rearrange Leon's suitcase that I just really enjoy. There are a lot of other details that frankly dip into the world of spoilers that I don't know that I should go into. But I have the stories and tweets linked in the show notes if you want to get beat by beat details about the demo. Rely on Horror's story in particular talks about the weapons Ethan can find and use and how he fights various enemies and also calls out that there may be some supernatural elements surrounding everything that's happening. So you should go check out that story if you want to learn more and you don't mind potentially maybe getting a little spoiled. These rumors all seem Pretty reliable. The details to which these playtesters are going into and the overlap of elements from various leakers, both from people who supposedly played this demo and those close to the Resident Evil franchise, make it all seem pretty plausible. I like what I'm reading here, too, in terms of what the game will potentially be like if it's all true. Like most folks, I played a lot of Resident Evil, adored 4, liked 5, didn't finish 6, Eventually got around to the two Revelations games and liked them fine, but 7 ended up kind of reigniting my appreciation for Resident Evil as its compact setting and new perspective really felt like a new take while still managing to highlight and recognize what made the original games so compelling. And then the remakes of 2 and 3 were great, modernized, nostalgic trips. So I am really excited to learn that 8 potentially picks up right where 7 left off. Considering its rumored European setting, maybe it can pull a similar trick to 7, where the game felt new, but also felt like a classic Resident Evil game in terms of its layout. And maybe here it will look more to 4 for some inspiration. I don't want it to be a super agent saving the president's daughter again. I like that Ethan just kind of accidentally fell into this whole thing and is just trying to figure it all out as he goes. But I think it's pretty safe to argue that Resident Evil 4 is one of the best games ever made, so there's no reason not to look at what it did right and just wholesale steal it. Like, you know, it's perfect inventory system. Just take it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? There will not be a digital E3 event. Once E3 was canceled, everyone, even seemingly the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association that runs E3 every year, assumed there would be some kind of digital event to fill the E3 gap, so to speak. But the ESA confirmed recently that this will not be the case. Andy Chalk, reporting for PC Gamer, received a statement from the ESA that reads, Given the disruption brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, we will not be presenting an online E3 2020 event in June. Instead, we will be working with exhibitors to promote and showcase individual company announcements, including on www.e3expo.com in the coming months. We look forward to bringing our industry and community together in 2021 to present a reimagined E3 that will highlight new offerings and thrill our audiences. Despite this year's cancellation, the ESA did go ahead and assign dates for E3 2021. Rebecca Valentine, reporting for GamesIndustry.biz, wrote in a story The ESA has announced the dates for its next E3 conference June 15th to 17th, 2021. The news was shared with partners this evening, with the ESA saying it would hold a reimagined event next year. We won't be entirely without game announcements in June, as IGN has announced a summer gaming event that will take place in June. In a story announcing the event, Jonathan Dornbush wrote for the website, IGN will be collaborating with a number of partners for the summer of gaming, including 2K, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Amazon, Google Stadia, Twitter, Devolver Digital, THQ Nordic, and more. Expect more details in the coming weeks. The event will include live broadcasts and on demand programming featuring IGN's editorial coverage of the work of game developers from around the world. It's going to feel very strange not having a big waterfall of announcements in June. Of course, everything feels weird this year, so maybe by point of comparison, you know, to the rest of the world. It won't be that weird. Bethesda has come out and said it won't be doing anything E3 related. We already knew Sony wasn't, but Nintendo and Microsoft are noticeably absent from IGN's Summer of Gaming event. And then there was the rumored planned E3 event from WB where we may have learned about Rocksteady, the developer behind the Arkham Trilogy's next project. It all optimistically makes me think that those three... Microsoft, Nintendo, and WB might hold their own events around that time period and share some fun stuff. That's my hope, anyway. That's it for gaming news today. I randomly booted up on Rush yesterday, just going through games on my PlayStation 4 hard drive that I had never played. And I was kind of blown away with how that game starts. There was no start screen, no choice of mode or anything like that. I was just racing all of a sudden. And then it started throwing some simple tutorials at me. It was exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to check out this racing game I heard was pretty good for a few minutes and it threw me right into a race immediately without asking, which was awesome. I didn't play much beyond that opening race slash tutorial, but it left a very, very strong first impression. I have a few corrections today. I caught the mistake quickly, but I did, yesterday, upload Tuesday, April 7th's episode file for Wednesday, April 8th's episode slot. So, I apologize for any confusion. If you go re-download yesterday's episode again, it should be correct. I also got a tweet from at the real Pat Polk, who wrote, I only tell you this because you so earnestly request corrections for very small errors. In episode 40 of the Gaming Ride Home podcast, you said the Switch has 3D Rumble instead of HD Rumble. Yep, 3D Rumble is not a thing. I made it up. It is definitely HD Rumble. I haven't heard Nintendo use the term in so long that I forgot what it was. Thanks, the real Pat Polk. And yeah, those are the kind of corrections I'm looking for, even for little things like that. And hey, speaking of corrections... If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Black Mesa right now. And you can find me on the Max Show for more long form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow is the release date for Final Fantasy VII Remake, can't wait.